Okay, welcome to your show, Fruit for Your Soul. I'm your host, Cardelia Reed. Thank you for joining. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm just so happy to have you here today. It is just wonderful, isn't it? I don't know if it's morning, afternoon, or evening where you are, but right now where I am is evening, and it's still a beautiful day. The day's not quite over because guess what? I've got to get this podcast out to you. And by the time you listen, your day should be better. Mine is already better because I'm talking. How about that? Okay, so I'm I'm still talking about faith. I'm still talking about faith. I don't think there's enough talk about faith. I mean, you could talk about faith all day long and still talk more. Because faith is something we must have in order to make sure that we're pleasing God. Now, this time... I want to talk to you from James, and I know you hear the pages turning. This is an actual physical Bible I'm talking to you from. So if you turn to James 3, and faith, I'm talking about Abraham. Guess what? I'm going to start off with Abraham, but I'm going to go back with something else. Now, in this particular chapter, uh, James is talking about faith without work is um, dead, right? And, you know, and James, this is James 3, as a matter of fact, this is 2, so sorry, we're going to go to James 2.18. He says, but someone will say, you have faith, I have these. Then he says, show me your faith without these, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God, good, even the demons believe that, and shudder. Now, I'm reading from the NIV Bible, by the way. Um, that's pretty big because um, right now he's talking about you've got to have more than just believing. You've got to trust and you've got to have work that goes behind your faith. Now, he moves on in verse 20. He says, you foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without these is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? That is clearly an act of faith. You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. So we've got half action of faith. Half is believing. The other half is the action, which is very, very, very important. Verse 23, and the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. Now, I'm going to stop right there because... You know, um, that is huge. So believing God, believing in God, which is what a lot of Christians do. We believe in God, but we stop. Or we could be agnostic, which that certainly doesn't help. Oh, maybe there's God, maybe it isn't, but maybe it is. That's not enough. And then our lives are still turned upside down and we don't know why. But he was called God's friend. Now, ask yourself this question. Are you called God's friend? Do you want to be God's friend? Who can be God's friend? What makes you worthy of that? Well, you got to please him. And you got to want to be God's friend. You can't just want God because, oh, I'm believing God for a new car, a new house, a new bank account, a big bank account, a new house, a new dress, a new something all the time. That's not a friend. If you have a friend constantly coming to you, asking you for stuff all the time, that's not a friend. That's someone that wants something for themselves to make their lives better, at least so they think, right? No, so we don't want that. What makes you think God is any different? He created us so we can be friends with him. Abraham accomplished something very big. If the Bible says that Abraham 
was called God's friend, imagine the blessings on Abraham's life and his family line, his lineages. Once again, I want to stress to you, we're still benefiting from the Abrahamic blessing today. That's huge. So are you called God's friend? Do you want to be God's friend? What must you do to be God's friend? And that's exactly where I am today because right now I'm on a journey to being God's friend. That's important to me. That's important to my heart. That's important to every part of me. That's important in eternity for crying out loud. If you're going to be, if you're going to have eternal life, you might as well be friends with them while you're here on earth because eternity is being God's friend. That's what he created us for. I can't stress that enough. He didn't create someone in the likeness of his own image to be enemies with him, to be friends with the world, to be friends with the world is to be enemies with God. And then you start asking questions. Well, why would God put us in the world just so we could be enemies with him? Because he said, believe in me, believe in my word, and then you will have eternal life and salvation and all things should be added unto you if you put me first. Because he wants to make sure you are worthy and capable of putting him first. You're worthy of what he has for you in eternal life. Because once again, I want to make sure I say this, this is not our home. It feels like it because this is all we know, but this is not our home. You know you're not designed to be on this earth forever. Stop acting like it. And let's start putting our faith to work, right? So think about this. Being God's friend is a big, huge thought. He considers you a friend. You have accomplished something, okay? That's where we're going with this. Verse 24, you see that people are justified by what they do and not by faith alone. When you are justified by what you do, then that's when the righteousness starts coming in. And so I'm going to say this in verse 25 in the same way that uh, was not even Rahab, the prostitute, considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. At verse 26, as the body without the spirit is dead, so is faith without deeds is dead. Now, it's interesting how whenever you see Rahab, it says Rahab, the prostitute. Why can't they just say Rahab? What's wrong with just saying Rahab? I'll tell you what's wrong with it because the Bible uh, doesn't want you just to think Rahab. He, they want you to understand how she, even a prostitute can be made righteous. And the problem with that is that the world criticizes prostitutes. That's why it has to say prostitute because a prostitute is made righteous by her faith and her deeds. You can be made righteous by your faith and your deeds regardless of what you do and what you are. That's why it always says Rahab the prostitute. So I don't want you to think that, um, you know, I don't want you to miss that part. That I don't want you to miss that part. So there's nothing really wrong with it. That was just a, a way I was saying that it's all right. Because the way they're saying it, there's nothing. You don't want to miss the way things are worded in the Bible. That's something I'm learning. The Bible words things for a reason. Rahab the prostitute was considered righteous for what she did by giving lodging to the spies and sent them in a different direction. Risked her life. And she was made righteous. Guess what? Was she a prostitute still? I'm not even going to answer that question. <laughs> I'm going to let I'm going to let you answer that question. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Was she still a prostitute after she was made righteous? Those are the kind of questions you got to ask. The answer is very clear, but I'm not going to say it. I'm going to let you wonder about that. <laughs> I, I love it when the Holy Spirit tests us. Don't you love that? Okay. Now, turn to me 
And this is what I, I really want to appeal to you right now. Um, this is why I'm doing this recording. There are some things that we're praying about. There are things that we're believing. There are things that um, we're we're basically saying, God, you know, I've been waiting for a long time uh, for things to happen. And it just has not happened. And the question comes down to how long must you pray? How long must you wait? What should you do? Should you do anything? How do you act on your faith? Do you keep believing? Do you keep trusting, especially on something that's never happened? This is this is a, this. Is, I'm going to give you like a little break. Uh, the five daughters of Zelophehad. Um, you can find this in Numbers, I believe, Numbers 24, 26, one of those. Um, and one of these, you know, I'm I'm saying this in a very general way. I'm not going to get into detail, but remember them. This is a great story. And I've said this before on my podcast, but these are the women that were going to receive their inheritance. Remember, because they were still recipients of the, the blessings from Abraham, too. And they could not receive their inheritance because they were women. And only the first males received an inheritance if your father passed away. Their father passed away in the desert. And the father was from Manasseh. He passed away in the desert. And um, they had to go to Moses and say, hey, Moses, can you talk to God on our behalf? Because we're women and we will not receive our inheritance because we're daughters and we don't have any any brothers. So Moses went and talked to God on their behalf. And guess what? God said they're right. They're right. They should receive their inheritance, even though they are women. And tell them, he said, tell them they will get their inheritance. And not only that, let them marry whom they please, as long as it's someone from their father's tribe. So he took care of not just the money, but the marriage situation too. And I want you to look at this story and think about it because they were asking for something that had never happened before. And when they, they asked for it, not only did God grant it, but he changed the law on their behalf. So then after that, if you were a daughter whose father passed away and you didn't have any sibling, any brothers, uh, sibling brothers or males in the family, then you still received your inheritance. So that tells me that just because it's never happened before doesn't mean he can't do it for you. That's faith. They actually had faith. They believed God would do it. What made them believe that? Who told them they had the right to do that? How dare they go to Moses and say, Moses, you got to talk to God. Now. You got to change the law. It's not working for us. How, who said they could do that? That's called trust and belief and faith. That's faith in action. That's faith in action. Now, that conversation didn't take God off surprise. Do you see how he blessed them? I mean, bless them abundantly, exceedingly abundantly above they ever imagined or expected. They got their inheritance. They got married. The law was changed so that everybody after every female after that was blessed. This is what faith is. Okay. That's called putting your faith into action. Okay. Putting your faith into action. That's really important really important. All right. Uh, look that story up. You can actually just put Zelophehad in, um, if you have a digital Bible and then that will come up in numbers. I'm pretty sure it's around numbers 26. Um, anyway, I say that because it comes down to believing and knowing that God can do what God can do. If you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to believe it. This is why a lot of uh, so-called 
churches that don't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit never see miracles. This is why people are always dying of sicknesses and, and all kinds of stuff always happen. People will just praying and don't see anything change. You know, it's one of the things that like God, he didn't say just pray. He said, believe is going to change. You understand? So when I pray, every time I pray, I'm expecting for something to change. Even if I just have to feel different after that prayer, even if I have to feel that something's been lifted in the spiritual realm, something's got to change when I pray. Other than that, why are we praying? So you, you have to understand the power of the Holy Spirit because that's the life that Jesus lived. He lived under that. And then when he left, then we had it with us individually. You know, I, I love talking about faith. I really do. Um, everywhere that Jesus went, miracles were performed. Everywhere. When God created the world, he poured out his spirit. Jesus was the word made flesh. The biggest one, uh, a very miraculous thing. He was actually God's word made flesh. Everywhere Jesus went, he worked miracles. When people had Jesus here on earth, they had such a treat, and but yet they rejected him. And then when he left, a very miraculous thing occurred. Uh, Jesus was able to endure the cross by the power of the Holy Spirit. When he left, something even more miraculous occurred, which we're at even a bigger benefit. We have the Holy Spirit in us. It was among them when Jesus walked to earth, but now it's in us. And we still... Um, as a world collectively still rejected. Tell me, where is that going? How does Jesus even recognize you when he returns? If you don't understand the power of the Holy Spirit, if you have no faith, how does he even understand who you are as a person? I know that God does. He, that doesn't take him by surprise. You don't believe. But what I'm saying is that when it comes to the things that the Holy Spirit does, he intercedes on our behalf. How does God even know that you truly trust him? That's what I'm saying. If you don't understand the power of the Holy Spirit, this is where we've got to have faith and believe that God can do what the word says he can do. This is why you have to always take God's word as it is. So Elijah, when he prayed, Let's go to verse, uh, we're going to go to chapter 5 now in James, verse 17. And, you know, this is really big. And I want to encourage you to keep praying for something that has not occurred. Elijah was a human being, verse 17. Even as we are, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced crops. Now, what did Elijah do as an act of faith? Do you know he would periodically tell his uh, his assistant to go out and check, go out and check and see if there's rain. He prayed and he expected. He prayed and he expected. He prayed and he expected. He didn't say if, if it would rain. He prayed that it would rain. He knew it was going to rain. There was no doubt in his mind it was going to rain. And then he have his servant go out and check and he was expecting rain. So when we pray and we expect Pray and expect, pray and expect, and keep praying and expecting. For three and a half years, that's a, kind of a long time, don't you think? I mean, some people pray for three minutes and they give up. Or three hours and that's too long for some people. 
I've been praying. Some people say I've been praying all week and nothing happened. But Elijah, being the man of God that he is, walk, literally came off this earth the way he came off this earth. It's amazing to me that Elijah prayed earnestly for three and a half years. He had to pray for three and a half years that it would not rain and it didn't. And then he prayed that it would rain and it did. If he had to pray that long, what does that tell you about you? Yes, you have to keep praying. You have to keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep believing because that's how you activate your faith. God is truly pleased by you praying. You know, even if you have to say, I'm not going to let your angel a blessing go until it blesses me. Even if you have to keep praying like Jacob was wrestling with the angel uh, angel all night till he got the, the limp in his leg. You just have to keep praying. You know, one of the things that I always say, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to my prayers. I say it before I start praying. I say it when I'm done. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I say it before I start praying. I pray at the end because I know that God is listening to my prayers. You just have to keep praying and you have to keep believing and you have to keep acting on that. That is faith at its best. And, you know, I don't read that he stopped praying because he got tired of it. That doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible. It says he kept praying and it happened. And he prayed again and it happened. And that's exactly what your story should be. Your story should be, I prayed and prayed and prayed and it happened. I prayed and prayed and prayed and it didn't happen. Whatever it is you believe in God for. Uh, this was, you know, one of the things I, I get with Elijah, which I find so amazing. I'm just thinking about this. Elijah was praying for rain because of uh, the, the harvest, right? We're talking about crops here. It wasn't just for him to eat. We're talking about a lot of people that was going to benefit for this. So that tells me you have to stop thinking about yourself and start praying for others. Hmm. That should be one of the biggest prayers that you have because this prayer that he prayed for three and a half years was for others. Imagine that. That's the heart of God. That's the pleasing to God. This is why the man literally walked off this earth, never saw death. The faith was enormous. This is the kind of faith that we're longing for. This is the kind of faith that we literally uh, don't stop for. We don't stop for this kind of faith. So I want to make sure that you are aware that without this kind of faith, you cannot get to where God is trying to take you. So I want to really encourage you to keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going until you see what you're going to see. If they did it, we can do it too. Okay. All right. So I'm going to end this here. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you are encouraged because I am. Remember, without faith is impossible to please God. I keep saying it because it's going to remain true. Forever will your word, O Lord, remain true in heaven. So the God's word will never go away. Even after heaven and earth passes away, his word will remain forever. So you can never say this stuff enough because the more you say it, the more angels minister on your behalf, the more you believe it. And and also, also one of the best things that I love when God says, when you abide in his word, when you abide in his word, literally he abides in us and whatever we ask, he will grant. We have to abide in this word though. So that is how your faith is constantly renewed, constantly. Okay, 
I look for you next time. Love at Cardelia.com. Please give me feedback. I love to hear from you. Uh, look for the book on Amazon, Little Diary of Relationship Truths. And I look for you next time. Thank you so much. Take care. Oh, remember, if nothing else, Jesus loves you and so do I.